Hi everybody, I'm Jordan Ostroff with Legalese Marketing, and this is Exhibit A Attorneys, where we interview attorneys and other experts around the country to talk about what it truly takes to be the Exhibit A of a successful attorney. Joining me today is Sharon V. Sharon comes to us from South Florida. She's otherwise known as the Inspired Attorney. She is a trained attorney who transitioned her career to help her peers as a business and life strategist. Her mission is to change the way most lawyers practice so that we can practice from a place of passion and joy, which can only flow on to those we serve and ultimately make a positive impact on the world. With her podcast, The Inspired Attorney, she interviews inspirational attorneys about their lives, practices, and learnings so that we can all gain inspiration and ultimately use their advice to create positive change in our lives, which means today, of course, we are going to talk about how you bill as many hours as possible as a business law attorney. That is the topic. <laughs> No, just kidding. We are talking about rediscovering your passions and creating a life you love. And this week, not or today, not only do I have Sharon joining me, but we have Lane Crawford, our director of words. For those of you uh, who've been watching the show, Lane was on, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. Time has yeah, no meaning. A month ago. Yeah. There we go. A month ago. Lane talked to us about copywriting. And so we wanted to make sure that we had Lane on this one as well to talk about how you get some of that passion and life that you love into the copy, into your brand voice, into your tone into all these things. So um, if you want to connect more with Sharon after this, we're going to drop a LinkedIn link. That's linkedin.com slash IN slash Sharon VVE, facebook.com slash the inspired attorney, instagram.com slash Sharon underscore V underscore, a YouTube link, which I am not going to read out. You're going to have to watch for that one. And an acuity uh, scaler, if you want to book a strategy session with Sharon that I'm also not going to read out, you'll have to watch for those links or maybe they'll be in the show notes. Um, before we get into that, I want to talk about our last episode. We had Chelsea Williams on talking about understanding your money, mastering your law firm's finances. That aired a while ago because we have been off for a week. Those intervening times, we've given you not one, but two other videos to check out. We have How to Add the Missing Pieces to Your Marketing Puzzle by yours truly. And then if you're sick of the sound of my own voice as much as I am, you can listen to Greg Eisenberg talk about three ways to track your leads and maximize ROI. Greg goes into UTM codes, call rail, and some other great things to make sure that you're getting the best bang for your buck for your marketing efforts. But enough about all that, because I want to talk to Sharon. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm pumped to be here. Yeah. What, um, what I miss in your bio? Um, well, if anybody wants to know where I got my undergrad degree or where I studied law. I went to UCF in Central go Florida. Nice. On. Yeah, go nice. I studied law at St. Thomas University and I got my MBA from European Business School in Munich, Germany. So those are the little degrees that give me credibility. <laughs> there we go. I competed when I was at Barry against St. Thomas's uh, trial team a number of times. Well, so. I'm sorry for you. Uh, we, we won some, lost some. They were good. Good. So, and very, very good people. So I will, uh, I will give yeah. them the utmost credit along those lines. So we're talking about rediscovering your passion and creating a life that you love. I think I want to start with this. How do you find your passion? Like other than watching the movie Soul and executing on that, you know, how can we find our passion? So finding your passion is more like a self-discovery process. Sometimes what I do with my clients is we do different exercises and sometimes it's easier to find what you like to do by knowing what you don't like to do. 
So one of the questions, one of the things that I walk through with my clients is an exercise based on Vishen Lakhiani's your three most important questions, which basically, if you guys want to walk through it, we can do it, but it's yeah, let's about do three it. minutes. Yeah. Okay. So it takes about three minutes. So what I'd like everyone to do, if you have a piece of paper, you're going to make three quadrants. And then on your left quadrant, you're going to write experiences. All right. In the middle, you're going to write grow. All right. And the last far right one, you're going to write contribute. And I'm going to set a timer so we can do this, do this on the fly. All right. All right. So the first question we're going to ask, and we're going to take one minute. Love it. It's not you're even gonna have to write really small. Like, <laughs> sorry, there's not a lot going on in here, so it's fine. Okay. So one of the great questions to ask is at the end of your days on your last day, what do you hope to have experienced in this life? Like what kind of life would you have liked to live? I'm going to set the timer. You have one minute to write that down. All right. So everybody who's with us for one minute, we're going to get some dead time and go through our experiences. So sitting on your deathbed, I'm losing time right now already. Yeah. What do you want to make sure that you've experienced? Yeah. What do you, what do you want to have experienced even now? Like, what do you want to have experienced in your life that, you know, you've lived a full and happy life that, you know, you've made it, you did everything that you wanted to do. And these are gut things that so you don't have to think too hard about it. You know, these things, if, if it comes up, write it down. Got about 10 seconds left. I'm out of things. I went too That's broad. Fine. I didn't go specific enough. Or I've lived That's a good okay. life so far. We'll see. There's there's no wrong way to do this exercise. Okay. So we got we got our middle one going. I mean, we got our experiences down. Now, the next question is who do you have to become and how do you have to grow to become that person who can achieve those experiences? You have one minute. So say, for example, an experience is you want to run a marathon, you need to become a runner. I ran a marathon. Highly suggest don't do it. <laughs> also not my thing, but some people love it. And that's what makes this world beautiful. A half marathon is a thousand times better than a full marathon. Don't ever let anybody tell you differently. Okay. I will admit it's been a, it was a half, but still that was that, that fit my quota and it was awesome. I enjoyed myself. So who do you have to grow to and who do you have to become to experience these things in your life? Those things that you hope to accomplish. I have another 13 seconds to go. And should these line up? Like I want this, that needs this, or is there no real yeah, correlation? I mean, they, they can have a correlation, but if it comes to you and it doesn't have a correlation, put that in there too. Okay. All right. So we got, we got our first two quadrants filled out. So we're going to go on to the last question. I'm going to hit the, I'm going to ask the question, then I'm going to hit the timer. So how does living your best life contribute to the world? And how can you contribute to, to the overall good of society by accomplishing those experiences in your life and growing to be that person? 
So how does this, I set the timer. So how does this affect the world? Like whose life is improved by that? It could be someone simple as um, one of mine was, is, you know, the people that I encounter in my daily life through the places that I go. So it's whatever it is, your family has, is, is living, there is living better lives. Just whatever comes to your mind. I love this. This has been an, this has been an exciting first 10 minutes. <laughs> there's a bunch of, there's going to be a bunch of people running on it during this, listening to it as a podcast who are like, shit, I can't stop and write this. Well, that's okay. You can always come back and listen to the replay and do it again. They're, they're never going to come back to it. You never know. <laughs> that's true. First time for Pro- everything. So three Prove seconds. Me wrong listeners. Yeah, guys. Okay. So that was that was the exercise. You have your three most important questions. So what I love about this, and like I said, I can't take credit for this. This is Vishen Macchiani's exercise, but I do integrate it into my program and my work with my clients because this really kind of puts things into perspective for us. It's just like at the end of the day, like sometimes we compare ourselves to what other people want, but what do you really want from your life? And so this kind of puts things into perspective for you. And now what you should do is wait a week and come back for these questions and do them again. And then, and also with your questions, I have mine hanging. If you have a team, um, you guys can put it in your office so everybody can see, so you can see how you align in different things and how you can support one another. But it's also important to have it up so you're you're reminded because so often life kind of hits overdrive and we just get in the motion and we can get pulled out of it. So it's good to be like, coming back to you, experiences, who I'm becoming and how I'm contributing. And Breezy, do me a favor, set a note for us for next Thursday show with Aaron Thomas, where we'll start off, we'll do a throwback when we talk about Sharon's episode. Awesome. To do this. Yeah. And I'd love for, I'd love for the listeners to, you know, let me know on, you know, the different social links or drop me an email, how it went for you guys, because I think this is a really powerful exercise and I'd love to hear how it helped you or what your experience was if, of it, good or bad, whatever it is. <laughs> feedback is feedback. I, there's definitively been way worse ways I've spent three minutes than doing this. <laughs> Lane, anything you want to share from what we just did? No, I thought we were going to share our, our what we put down. I thought we do were going to- Yeah, do you want to? Okay. Um, so what I said was for, for experience, I said to, to become a mentor or in a thought leader. And how I would grow for that is to stop feeling like an imposter. I know that uh, with a lot of folks, uh, imposter syndrome can be real. And I know that that's something that I struggle with immensely. Um, and then what I said for contribute was for to, to help with younger, with younger generations, especially that's going towards when I said about, you know, the growth of you know, becoming a mentor and, you know, a thought leader just to, to help with folks that are, you know, a little bit younger than me. That's beautiful. If, if I can add something, I actually did a video on this a couple of weeks ago on imposter syndrome and it's something that affects every single one of us. And the thing is, is that at some point, you know, the, the, the thing people say, fake it till you make it. Well, you have to, like, you have to be that person you're becoming. It's, mm-hmm. it's you have to like, Start being that person that you're becoming and you can't doubt yourself on all of that because nobody, nobody, like nobody who ever made it and made any impact on this world never felt that way. Mm -hmm. Like we all have that. 
It's like I, I've been watching um, the Paul McCartney uh, 321 on Hulu. It's absolutely excellent if you're into to music, even if you're not. And even someone as massive as a, a rock star and icon as Paul McCartney has suffered from imposter syndrome. It's like what 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 is how can it's really difficult just to try to strip that away from yourself. It's, it's definitely hard. It's, it's a work in progress. Yeah. Well, thank you for being vulnerable. Yeah. And I think that, and it's, it's amazing to me, like what you just said, you know, so you've got millions of people out there like, man, I wish I could play the guitar as well as Paul McCartney. And then Paul's like, man, I wish I could be as good as Eric Clapton. And you just, you know, <laughs> He's you just a bass keep going. Player, so Paul, Paul's a bass player. Oh, uh, my, my apologies. <laughs> so then I don't think he's sitting there thinking, I wish I could be as good as Flea. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so I don't know, it's just, it's an interesting concept. And because really, I think what separates people is not even how good you are, but how much you power through those negative feelings and still get things done. Yeah, well, I mean, there there is a powering through, but also we're, many of us were taught from an early age to kind of push our emotions down and that our feelings don't matter and you need to toughen up. But the, our feelings are, the older I get and the more I learn about myself and just, my own evolution, our feelings are our guidance system. They are like little warning signs that tell us that something's up. So if you're having a certain emotional response to something, and all of us have emotional, physical emotional responses, it's important to take note of what's going on and get curious. So, hey, um, you know, am I feeling nervous about this? What about this makes me feel nervous? And kind of explore those, get curious. Because only if you get curious, you can deal with it and you can create responses or you can change the way you behave and overcome these things. Makes total sense. And I love the idea, at least from this experience, coming back to in a week, you know, seeing what changes, seeing if you still have the same feelings. Where, where do we go from there? You know, we come back in a week, let's say we still like the same stuff. You know, do we, how do we start putting together that plan to actually implement those things into our our life. So this is where we do what I like to call your superhero superpower analysis. And what we're going to do, what you do is you basically, um, it's kind of like a SWOT analysis, but since many attorneys probably don't know what a SWOT analysis, it's a very simple business tool to kind of gauge like where you're at. So you have what I like to call it, you make four quadrants. And so you have your superpowers or your strengths. You have your kryptonites or your weaknesses. And then on the bottom uh, lower tier, you have your opportunities and your threats, which I like to call opportunities in disguise. So where to start with your superpower power, power analysis is start with your kryptonites. What do you hate doing? Like, cause a lot of the time it's so much easier to figure out what you're good at by knowing Being what you're terrible at. <laughs> Things you hate doing, legal work. Just circle it, underline it. So that one's, you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up. That one is so often attorneys are just in the wrong firm. Maybe you really do hate what you're doing, but then get to the nitty gritty. What about what you're doing do you not like? Are there tasks that you can have somebody else do so you can focus on other tasks that you enjoy? Because we need to get curious because so, and this is one of the, this is why I'm so passionate about what I do because we've all, many, many attorneys, we've all lost someone that we care about because they just, it just wasn't, they just didn't stay on this, this earth anymore because it just, 
and they just didn't want to continue because they didn't see another way out. Or so many of us here attorneys that say, I freaking hate being an attorney. Why did I get into this? But at the end of the day, we have so many superpowers as an attorney. And if you don't want to be an attorney anymore, like if you've gone through the steps and you realize that's not really what I want to do, then make the change in your life and figure out what you want to do. Go through the three most important questions, do your superpower analysis and start making steps today because you're just laying the groundwork for the future. Well, and it amazes me how many similarities there are between businesses. You know, like Lane has the most amazing background of experience for doing copywriting for all sorts of different businesses and companies and, and everything, including the adult film industry, which I always like to drop because I think it's so funny. <laughs> um, but anyway, it, you know, like every business needs marketing. Every business needs copy. Every business needs, you know, videos or ad placement. Every business needs accounting. Every business needs billing. Every business needs HR. Every bit. And so like there are ways for you to figure out either what part of those things you really love doing for your business and sticking to those or taking those same skills to something else because every giant business needs a legal department in some manner. Yeah, 100%. So, and I think that brings up the question that I don't know that there is an answer to, but I'm curious to get your take on. How much of that passion and enjoyment do we need out of work or can we bring into work? I mean, that's a personal question. It's up to everybody for, for them to decide what they want for their own lives. Like I can't make that, I can't make that, I can't answer that for you individually. For me personally, I need to enjoy what I'm doing. Like not every, everything about what I do is going to be something that I actually enjoy, but overall, I love what I do. Like I enjoy it. I have fun. Like I, I'm kind of like Peter Pan was one of my favorite movies growing up and it still is. And I like to see myself like kind of like a curious, I love to have fun. I love to play games, not mind games, obviously, but I like to make things fun. Like my inspired attorney interviews. It's not something that it's not something that you tune into and it's just like, uh, but it's, it's a fun interview where both of us are enjoying ourselves and that translates onto the people that are listening. Yeah, I, it's, I'm with you. And I, and I, the problem, the problem is, I don't know, maybe problem is the wrong word. The opportunity is, we'll, we'll use Love your, uh, your SWOT analysis. I, I just think that so many people are looking for the right answer as opposed to the steps to find their right answer, especially on the things like this. So looking for the right answer is kind of, and I'm going to be blunt here, is kind of trying to find an easy way out. There's never a the right answer. There is, what a lot of the time we have that gut response that we know what's right and what's wrong. And then sometimes we talk ourselves out of it. And just because the right answer doesn't fit like a specific mold, um, it's up to you to decide, do you want to be happy? Do you want to make a life that you love or not? Because I struggled that for with that for a really long time where I was looking for legal jobs where like every... <laughs> And I've talked about this, like I would apply for jobs and hope to God that I wouldn't get it because I knew I'd be miserable. But those were the right answers. That was like the path that I was supposed to go on. Yeah, no, I, it's, I love, I love how you phrase that. And that is, I think, a very true thing that a lot of people will find. Lane, from your perspective, and maybe, maybe it'll help lawyers to take it from a less lawyer way. Walk me through a little bit of like what you love about the copywriting and overseeing that stuff. Like what, what is it that gives you that passion in there? For me, it's a, just a, it's a creative outlet. If I'm doing anything cr creatively, 
that's where my passion lies. I mean, I, you know, I went to undergrad and I said I went to art school and I was a uh, majored in advertising and screenwriting and I did the screenwriting thing and I really love storytelling. Um, but then I realized it's kind of like, well, you know, money is kind of important too. <laughs> and the struggle to, to, to be a, uh, a screenwriter to make, you know, a living is very difficult. So maybe did I take a sacrifice by doing the advertising route at first? I thought I did, but then I realized I'm a much better ad copywriter than I am a screenwriter. Um, so it was just, just trying to figure out and learning as I go. And, and as long as I'm doing something creatively for my, my bread and butter work, um, my life feels fulfilled that way. So it was like knowing you wanted to do writing, but then finding like the exact writing job that fit everything else. Exactly. Yep. And I, and I've, I've done, you know, I've, I've worked in-house at, you know, companies at a, you know, in-house uh, as a copywriter tech at a tech company. I've worked at a mid-size agency. I freelance for a very large agency. You know, I'm working now at a, at a, at a boutique agency that's small. And I kind of like that, you know, I've, I've realized I do, I like that kind of like that small kind of community aspect. So, and that's the, even when, you know, younger folks too, as well, if they're going, you know, applying to colleges, sometimes UCF, you know, I went to a school that only had 2000 students in it and it was in, you know, in a big city, but in, you know, UCF, that's a huge school, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable at a place like that, but you, you guys did. So it's just, it all, it has to do with trying to find where you fit in yourself. So from the lawyer perspective, Sharon, I don't know, I'm assuming you've had this similar conversation with me. Like there are those people like Lane, except instead of the script writing, it's the criminal defense firm or the, you know, the giant insurance defense firm. And then just that change to still being a lawyer at a different type of law or a different firm makes a huge difference. I mean, have you found that to be the case? Yeah, hundred um, percent. You need to you need to also, because I wanted to touch on what Lane said, you need to also go through certain experiences to figure out what you like and what you mm -hmm. don't like. Sometimes you find out that you have superpowers that you didn't even know about, like, like you did. And you also have to have the courage to explore. Um, because if you, if you don't have the courage to explore and never step out of your comfort, comfort zone, you're never going to be able to make those discoveries. So if, if it's something, if you're really unhappy and you've done the superpower analysis and you really feel like you should be at, at a different firm, you can talk to different, different recruiters out there. Like I know an amazing recruiter. She's a law firm matchmaker, Jennifer Gilman. Please connect with her. She, and, and I'm not trying to plug her, but she's awesome because like you can get an, a feel from different people in your field by what they're doing, what they have going on in their firm. Too often we are afraid to have these conversations with the people, with other people about how life is at their firms or even with money. People are so afraid to talk about money because we're told from little on that's like a faux pas subject, but like talk to other people about what they're making. Cause it could be the case that like you're actually being paid well and um, maybe you were perhaps previously overpaid and now you're getting paid well or you're really underpaid and that's part of the problem for you and so would that i'm trying to think about it from the from the aggravated lawyer perspective like you're sitting there with i love being in court or i love you know i love part of the job 
but I hate the billable hours, but I hate the office culture, but I hate the, you know, like that's sort of the struggle that they would have to to most benefit from talking to a recruiter. Well, I mean, we could, we could also have a conversation. I'm actually in the process of releasing a assessment tool. It's the inspired attorney assessment tool, which basically tells you where you are in business. Like, are you great in a small firm? Are you an entrepreneur? Different things like this assessment tools like that are sometimes wait a, a little bit of like a hack to get to uh, know yourself on a different level where you read it and you're like, damn, that is me. How does this tool know me? Um, but things like that are, are like a great place to start, but definitely having conversations and being willing to acknowledge your feelings and that you're unhappy. Because I know what it's like to be unhappy. And to be honest with you, I didn't acknowledge that I was unhappy. Like so one of my family members was like, I get the feeling you're not really happy because I'm just generally very, I, I don't know if you can tell, <laughs> I'm pretty positive and, um, but you know, people are your reflection so they can also tell you. You don't realize that it, it you're showing that you think that you're wearing the mask that, oh, I'm everything's fine. But folks, uh, they know that something's not right. Yeah, 100 percent. And so when it comes from, you know, rediscovering these passions and then turning that into a core component of a life that we love. It sounds like at least the financial and time restraints of a job have to play in pretty soon this life creation part well i mean it's how bad do you want it you know sometimes you really have to take the time everybody has the same amount of time we all have 24 hours a day in a day and you look at people who have accomplished incredible things in this world and they have to start somewhere so if you're working full-time or 60 hours a week or whatever it is you will find if you really want to make a change in your life you'll carve out the time to start creating the life you want and it's just step by step don't don't like you can take it bite by bite like carve out maybe 15 minutes a day to focus on something for you and then grow from there yeah it's interesting so like i am you know there's all the um i, I hate hustle porn you know the concept of like work super hard 24 hours a day always you know always keep grinding grind 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 wake up and grind go to sleep and grind it makes no sense to me because i'd rather work smart um, but anyway, but I am a big, like, I want to watch TV for an hour to an hour and a half at the end of the night so I can shut my brain off because it is going. And it's funny because I, I found myself needing to do that when I was miserable and now getting to do that when I am not miserable, because it's, it's not that I feel drained. It's that I know this is what will allow me to sleep really well, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And I don't know if Lane also wants to add to this, but I think that, you know, this brings in the concept of meditation, which I think is so, so important. And people have all types of definitions for meditation, but my definition for meditation is taking a moment every day to clear your thoughts. Mm -hmm. It could be maybe zoning out on TV, if that's your form of meditation, but you really need to get to a place where your thoughts, where you can be one with your thoughts and you can zone out and get perspective about what you have going on in your life because if you're constantly you're constantly grinding you're never going to be able to see the big picture you're only going to be see, able to see what's right in front of you Wayne, i see you nodding i agree completely i i mean i every single night i mean i i, I it's almost like a ritual like i i, would, I say like it's a ritual like i love like around like nine o'clock at night playing, you know, playing guitar. I, you know, I'm a musician. I've been a musician for 
almost 30 years and I, and I'm 33. So like, you know, so it's, it's always been a part of my life. And even though I didn't make a career of it, I still make time for that, that passion, that love that I have. I still make time for that every day. And it, and it, and it just completely helps me decompress and, you know, just clear my mind. And I, like I said, even if I have a stressful day or, you know, something just came my way that I wasn't expecting, I still try to carve out just, even if it's only, five minutes, 10 minutes of my day just to have that. And, and like I said earlier, it's just like, it's good to have those kind of rituals. If you know, Jordan's rituals, you know, watching TV late, you know, late at night, it doesn't matter what it is just to have that kind of ritual. I think it's just so good for just for your mind and, you know, for your entire well being, really. Yeah. I'd love to piggyback on that really quickly because um, with these rituals, try it out, try different things. Because some, if it's not for you, it's not going to stick, but continue to do different things and try different things that help you. And also, if you're having moments where you're feeling overwhelmed and you know you need to take a step back, the best way to do it, I'm going to say the best way to do it, is through your breath. Take a nice deep breath in and out. And that changes everything. How we are physically acting and how our bodies are affects how everything is. So the breath is a really fast hack to get to a place of serenity quite quickly. See, and then I want to put the marketing spin on this because even though that may not be a career, there's a huge benefit to doing those things and sharing those things, you know, sharing that musical opportunity with other people, sharing it on social media. Um, weird, weird reference, but Patton Oswalt, the, the uh, stand-up comedian, wrote this whole article on the death of nerd culture. And he talked about how like when he was growing up as a kid, he had like three friends that were in the Dungeons and Dragons or whatever it was. And they'd all meet at the local comic book store on Tuesday, you know, when, all, when everything dropped and they'd buy the newest stuff. And now you can go online and there's a billion people that like whatever weird niche thing you are into. There's a, there's Wikipedia for Star Wars. There, you know, God knows what there is for anything. And so like a lot of these little things that are, that are your hobbies, that are your interests, that are your side projects, it's not that you're monetizing them, it's that you're able to connect with a totally different audience through a genuine shared interest that you both enjoy. And then like, you might be the only lawyer who can speak Klingon in, you know, in this group or whatever, whatever the thing's gonna be. But it's amazing to me how many people I've talked to that get more cases from their, you know, they're coaching their kids football team you know, being the coach there than they do from, you know, radio ads and they do from traditional advertising. And I think a lot of that is because they genuinely enjoy those moments being shared with the kids, teaching them those things, enjoying that passion, as opposed to being like, this is the script I was given. I'm an aggressive attorney. We fight harder than everybody else. You need to hire me. I'll make you money. Lemon law sucks. You know, but also that's my you, two cents. you work with people you like. So in those situations, you're meeting people who have similar interests and you're more inclined to pass business along to people who, who have like been verified as a warm lead one and you want to support their cause. Totally. I love it. So what is the, what is the most helpful action plan? Because I feel like there's a part of this that has to be time management. Like there has to be a, Either you're carving out the time for the passions or you're, or you're putting things in place to not have to work a million hours a week. Like how does, how does that, how does time management play into this? 
it really comes into play. Like for me personally, you have, for me personally, I block off time in my calendar to accomplish different tasks because part of, part of the block is having spaces where you can't be distracted by anything else. We live in a world of distraction and the moment like an email pings or whatever, you get pulled out of it and you're, it's going to take you longer to get back to it. So if you're carving out time to find out what your, what your superpowers are, where you want to go in this life, schedule it in and then make it fun for you. Like give yourself a reward at the end of the end of it. Other than the fact that you're working towards living a happier, more fulfilled life. I mean, that's a pretty big reward, but you're create rewards and create the time for you. And one of the things that I do is for like my meditation time and uh, the time that I dedicate to myself, I do it in the morning before anybody else disturbs me. Cause I know a lot of people who, who try to like set it in, but life kind of happens and then you never get to it. And I think that you, by having that control over your morning, you put yourself in such a better headspace for the entire rest of the day, as opposed yeah. to hoping that the day is good enough to allow you to get back to that mind space at the end. I like to look at it like if I didn't have the time, which I can't even tell you the last time this has happened, but if I didn't have the time to create my day in the morning, it sometimes feel, it would feel like I was on a roller coaster and I wasn't ready for the ride. <laughs> it just shot like the Hulk. It just shot off and you weren't ready for it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And there are, well, from the lawyer perspective, there are a lot more legal emergencies the longer the day goes on than there are yeah. at the very beginning of the day. Lane <laughs> knows, because that's our, our running joke is there are no real marketing emergencies, but there are yeah. definitely legal emergencies. And yeah. I guess... I guess the caveat to that is there are definitely PR emergencies that will come up, but for the rest of marketing. That's you know, true. And I, I've worked in PR too. So yes, there is definitely some PR emergencies that can pop up. <laughs> Especially when get sent to jail or something like that, which I've dealt with. Um, yes. But other than that, not really. There's not really a lot of marketing emergencies. Things it can wait. So there are legal emergencies. I mean, it depends on your practice area, but sometimes people are too reactionary because you can get an email at 9 a.m. and at 11 a.m. it's been solved. So I think that it's knowing your practice area and what true emergencies are. Um, I think that that part of it is important because if you're just constantly reacting, you're never going to be able to, to you're, you're just never going to be able to take control. So I love that. And that's, and that is very true because you're right. There are, it's going to be different based upon the practice area, but the more that, you know, I mean, is I guess it's right to say the more that you know what an emergency actually is in your practice area and what an emergency is not, the less you are at the whim of everybody else. But that's life and learning. Like we, like those emergencies that weren't really emergencies, like were painful for you. So you're going to remember those. Very true. So as we get towards the end, what else do we need to cover? What else do we skip? What other insider wisdom do you want to make sure you give to our listeners and watchers here? So if I could leave our listeners with one thing, it would be you're in control of your own happiness. It's your life. You're in control of your happiness. In this very moment, you don't know what's going to happen. In the next moment, you're creating the rest of your life by the now. So if you're not in a now that makes you happy, Start allowing yourself to get creative and think about 
and curious and think about what really makes you happy. Go through the exercises that we went through today and really start taking control of your own happiness because it is possible to live a happy, healthier, more fulfilled life. I mean, there are plenty of examples out there. Um, and if you want to reach out to me, the links are in the show notes. And also there's a link to schedule a session with me. We're, we're all in this together and don't ever think that you're alone. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And it's, it's interesting, you know, so the nationwide average last, last I checked, if these numbers are different, somebody stop me. Um, the national average for depression was 10% in law school, it goes up to 40 as a lawyer, it goes down, and I'm putting that in quotes, to 20%. So it's still twice the average, but half of what it is in law school. And so obviously, I think there are parts about the legal industry that do call out to people who have true mental health issues. But then I think there's also a giant chunk of attorneys that think being miserable is part of the job when it's not. And so I love what you shared there with the, you know, you are in control of your happiness. All right, so let's go to our next episode. That's going to air today's Thursday. So that's going to air Monday at 1.30. We will have Megan Robinson back on. So she is going to talk this time about the secrets to balancing management and leadership. So Megan Robinson is a coach for attorneys and other professionals who's going to share with us about the secrets to balancing management and leadership because we have seen that be a huge push and a lot of what are doing that need for leadership, mentorship, management for attorneys inside of firms, for attorneys as individuals, et cetera. Uh, but that being said, I'm not going to let y'all go without getting that final nugget of wisdom. And it could be what you just shared before, but I hope you'll have a little bit extra to go into. So when it comes to, if people have been listening to this for the last 40 minutes or so, they remember absolutely nothing that we said, none of the wisdom shared, except what's going to be shared here. What is the biggest takeaway on how people can be the exhibit A of a successful attorney? It can be repeating something you've already said. It can be something total, totally different. But if they're only going to get one takeaway, what do you hope that is for as many attorneys as possible? Okay, so I'm going to do this in true lawyer fashion. We're going to have an overview. With it depends. Below. Yeah. It depends. So if you're going to take one thing away is you create your life by your thoughts, which become your words, which become your actions. So become very aware of and curious about what thoughts are going through your head, because 90% of them are repetitive, how you're living your life. Look at the people that you're surrounding yourself with, because if you're one of those that thinks that it's okay to be miserable, you're likely also hanging out with people who are in the same place as you, and you may need to reevaluate. Um, so that's one of the one of the things. But really, what I want people to take away is that you're in control of your own happiness. You're not alone, and you can do it. I love it. Yeah, the uh, misery no, misery loves company is very yeah. true. Lane, what about you? What's what's your biggest takeaway to help attorneys be successful? I mean exactly what Sharon said that I, I have to say everything that you said was completely spot on. And just if, if you're uh, surrounding yourself with negativity, then that's something that you really need to really need to analyze and even decide, even if it's people that you've been friends with for decades, long time, if they're not 
helping you achieve where you're trying to be, then it might be time to to cut those folks out of your life. Uh, and it, and it is a difficult situation. If you if if your whole relationship's been based around something that you know of misery or something that you hate. I mean, granted, I I've you know I've been friends with folks that the only thing that we discussed when when we're getting together is our our mutual that we hated working at a place. You know what I'm saying? This is you have to realize like if 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 it's that that negativity in your life and maybe that's what might be what's holding you back for to achieve your ultimate goals. Yeah, and I want I want to put the fine point on this because look. As attorneys, I think the one thing that we actually learn in law school is to think critically in every situation. And it is very hard to turn that off, but you need to really draw that line between what is critical thinking, what is devil's advocating, and what is just bitching and moaning. And there's totally a time for bitching and moaning, mm -hmm. but yeah. it may not be the amount of time that you have dedicated it to. There's certainly that time for critical thinking. There's certainly that time for finding people who will devil's advocate for you. Who will argue the other side to make sure that you got the right decision to make sure you're on the right path but the complaint fest may not be what you need at this moment can i add to that before yes, we close out course. is that you know those it's important to have those people in your life that will play devil's advocate for you because they will help you grow to the next level there's a difference between someone who's just complaining or someone who's giving you feedback that'll help you grow and the people you want to surround yourself with are people that are getting to where you want to go. You guys are on the same play page and you guys are encouraging each other to get to the next level if that's what you want. Otherwise, it's you don't want to be on a sinking ship. Yeah, and this this is a personal thing and a business thing or an, or an internal 100%. your business and an internal yep. to you because you don't want a business full of people that just are yes people. You know, you want that battle. Now, from the business side, you need people to, once the decision is made, fall in line, but you you need people to fight that decision tooth and nail until it is you know decided upon. Yeah, it's a good balance. And you're only as great as your weakest link. So that's important to remember. And then also to, to add, when you're cutting ties or whatever, you don't have to be, excuse my French, you don't have to be an a-hole about it. Like you can be loving about how you're cutting ties with people like you don't need to ghost people realize that we are all human beings we all have emotions and just because someone is not where you are treat them as you would like to be treated yeah i totally agree anything else anybody going once <laughs> going twice. all right well thank you all for joining us today thanks Thank you for listening to this episode of Exhibit A Attorneys. If you're interested in becoming the Exhibit A of Successful Attorney, please check us out at LegalEaseMarketing.com, E-A-S-E.